Good morning, New Life. And uh, I appreciate everybody trying to pick me up off the ground. Um, I might need help afterwards, and you'll see why in a little bit. But anyway, uh, wow, it is awesome. It is awesome. I'm so glad that all of you are here this morning, and, and I know I got some messages. Hey, is New Life, you know, we still meet, and it says New Life is open, and it is, it is awesome just to be with all of you. Uh, it's amazing. And uh, so I don't know what God has in store, so we're just going to go with whatever God has. So uh, there is a, a, a quite a large shelf in my basement, and um, I will not say I am the, the handiest of individuals. My handiness is very limited, but um, there are some things I'm able to, to figure out and put together. And about almost nine years ago, um, we built this really, really big shelf uh, in my basement, and uh, it's special. A couple reasons it's special. It's special because I felt like, well, I put something together that um, I was actually, it was even able to hold me. Um, it is about five foot tall and about seven feet long, and it's about two feet deep. I literally laid on it, so I know that it's, it's strong enough to, to even hold me. And it was a special for a couple reasons because I was able to build it with my own hands. And actually, and I was, I was talking to Bethany, it was also special because that's when I found out that Bethany was pregnant with Ariana. While I was building that shelf, Bethany came down the stairs and told me. And, and so there's just different things that, that why that shelf is important. And we built it uh, for the sole purpose of being a pantry down in our basement. And uh, we've had a lot of different things on the shelf, and I'm, I'm very grateful for the things that we're able to, to store there throughout the year. And, uh, but there's sometimes in my life where I go and I visit that shelf. And it's, it's sometimes it's because I'm looking for something or sometimes it's because Bethany has asked me, he said, hey, I want you to go look on the shelf. And, I, and I, there's something there on the shelf. Like, I want you to go get this off of that shelf. And if you could probably see the insides of me, my eyes would be huge, like, oh, man, like, I don't want to drop the ball. I have this plan to go find something, and maybe some of you have had that, or, or maybe you ask your kids, hey, go into there, go look on the shelf. I, I'm telling you, it's right there. I know it's there. And I'm like, sometimes I, I draw back to being a little kid, like, oh, boogers. I, I, I'm like, okay. Open my eyes really big so I can see everything. And I'm looking on the shelf and I'm looking because Bethany said it's there. So it's got to be there. Man, I'm like sweating. And I know like sometimes the heat's going, but I'm like sweating in the basement looking on this shelf to try to find what has been given to me or what has been told that I need to look for. And sometimes, see, look, it, it's, it's, it's well-versed. Sometimes it's in the basement. Sometimes it's in the refrigerator upstairs. And I'm looking, I'm like, this refrigerator is not that big. Like, where, there, it's got to be here. Um, where is this stuff that is being contained that I am supposed to go look for? So, you know, what I did was, is, yes, as I said about needing help later, I, might, I, got, a, I, I got something here that I, I had to, I, I, I might need help looking for something, and I'm, I'm sorry I have to rearrange the stage again, but... Um, Please forgive me. But so I brought a refrigerator here today. 
I did not bring it from my house. No, nope, I did not do that. Um, but I did bring it from, from our kids' room. So, well, not, okay, wait, let me get The kids' room back there. My kids at home do not have a refrigerator. Please, I want. Okay, so give me a second. So I moved this earlier, and, you know, all the contents of the refrigerator fell out. So, but we have this refrigerator that is going to help us today. So maybe this looks like a fridge that you may have. Please don't fall over. Okay. So our refrigerator at home has magnets. As my kids say, hey, my kid, see, look, he knows. But anyway, so the thing is, is that, my, hey, those magnets look really familiar. They should. There are magnets. I took them off of our fridge. And, and, and on, these, on, these, on this refrigerator are magnets, but there's a lot of different things that these magnets represent, but we'll talk about that in a little bit. And then we have our, our freezer. See, this is what happens when you go to Walmart to look for a light bulb. That's all I got to say. All right. I literally went to go look for a light bulb, and then I'm like, I need the fridge. All right. So, and then we have different things inside of our fridge, which, you know, there, sometimes it's, some, some fridges are a little easier to find what you're looking for, and some are a little bit more difficult. But as we look, we're going to dive into the scripture and we're going to use this as our aid this morning because I really did not want to pull a seven-foot shelf that was built in my basement trying to pull it out of a door that's probably only about 30 inches wide and goes upstairs. It's not going to happen. So we decided to, to use the fridge today. So, but we're going to look into in, in God's word and see where, you know, this is and sometimes I fret over being sent to the cabinets or sent to the pantry or sent to the refrigerator to go find something. But we're going to look at who men that were sent by God to go look for something. We're going to be in Numbers 13 this morning. And uh, if you would like to turn with me, you can. I will also have it up on the screen. But Numbers 13. Now, I will say this, and I, and I thank Dan Ray for this. And I say I thank Dan Ray because... When Dan spoke last, he said, I challenge you to read through the Bible. And I'm like, I've read through the Bible. I've done that. I've done it a couple times. I've kind of different versions, different things like that. And I said, okay, well, maybe I'll start reading through the Bible again. So this number 13 has been, has been messing with me, and it's been on my heart, and it's been on my mind. So when, when Pastor Ed asked to speak, I, just, I, I felt like I knew what God was already leading to. So in Numbers 13, it says this, The Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Send men to spy out the land of Canaan, which I am giving to the people of Israel. From each tribe of their fathers you shall send a man, every one a chief among them. So some of us know the story of Joshua, and we know that, you know, Joshua fought the battle of Jericho. Yeah, okay, we know that we gave the veggie tales. But anyway, we know that, and we know that Joshua sent two spies, but before Joshua even spent, sent the two spies, we had that Moses was instructed by the Lord to send men out into the land of Canaan, which I'm giving to the people of Israel. God already said, I'm giving it to you. But he just went to send some men out there. Now, the thing is, is that Moses and God had a really good relationship. If we know anything, and I know that we do, know some things about God and Moses, we know that when Moses was born, 
that God protected him because the Pharaoh made an edict saying that throw all of, all of the baby boys of the Israelites need to be killed. He did not want anybody there. They were growing way too many in number. And, God, and, and Pharaoh did not want them, and God protected him. And then we know that Moses' mom sent him down the river and, and, and was found by Pharaoh's daughter. And, and we know that Moses grew up in the house of Pharaoh. And then as he grew up, there was different things that happened in Moses' life. And eventually he left because, well, he killed, a, uh, he killed an Egyptian, but he left. And so he left and he was away from all that he grew up in. And then God speaks to him in a burning bush. So there's a relationship that he has. It's not everybody has a burning bush experience where God is talking to him. But Moses experienced that. And Moses also experienced of God speaking to him as he was talking to Pharaoh and trying to get the, for Pharaoh to let the people go. God could have easily shown Moses the promised land. There was a good relationship. But he wanted to do more than just show Moses, who he had this relationship with. He wanted to show the people of Israel. He wanted to show he wanted, to, he wanted a representative from each tribe to come and view this promised land that they were going to get. In Ephesians 2, and I saw this, and I'm like, wow, this is really good. I was like, realize this, is by, for, by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not your own doing. It wasn't the doing of the Israelites and why God was going to show them. It wasn't, well, you know, you slave for 400 years, so you've earned this. No, it wasn't that. It wasn't that they had this perfect track record, but God was going to give them as a gift. It says, it is the gift of God, not a result of works, so that no one may boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand, that we should walk in them. God was preparing this place. He's prepared Canaan for the Israelites, something that he prepared long before. And if we continue in Numbers 13, going in verse 3, it says this. It says, So Moses sent them from the wilderness of Paran, according to the command of the Lord, and all the men who were heads of the people of Israel, and these were their names. So we have these 12 men that were sent to the, I want you to go view what God has already given. Like, they're already sent, and these were their names. If I mess up these names, please forgive me. I've been listening to these names for like over a week and a half, trying to like, I, we'll see what happens. So we have Shemua, son of Zakur. He was from the tribe of Reuben. We have Shaphat, son of Horai, tribe of Simeon. And then from the tribe of Judah, we have Caleb, who was the son of Jephunneh. And then Igal, son of Joseph, who from the tribe of Issachar. And Hoshea, son of Nun, from the tribe of Ephraim. And Paltai, son of Raphu from the tribe of Benjamin, and from the tribe of Zebulun, we have Gadil, son of Sodai. And then we have Gadai, son of Susai, from the tribe of Manasseh. Amil, son of Gemali, tribe of Dan. Sethur, son of Michael, I hope I don't mess that name up, tribe of Asher. And then we have Nabai, son of Vashvi, from the tribe of Natali, and Gul, son of Makai, tribe of Gad. See, this is Dan's fault, because Dan said, don't skip all those names. When he said, don't skip all of the, the genealogies, and don't skip those names, because all of these guys were very important. They weren't just men drawn by lottery. These were men that were heads and chiefs of the tribes. These men were important. 
And in verse 16, it says this, these were the names of the men who, when, whom Moses sent to spy out the land. And Moses called Hosea, as we know, Joshua. So these 12 men were selected. These 12 individuals were the representatives of the people, representative of the tribes of Israel who were going to step into the promised land that they have not been to in over 400 years. This is the place that God was giving them. God was giving it to them. Sometimes, don't you just wish that you just went home and your refrigerator was just full all the time and just, it had everything that you needed? Like, you didn't even have to think about it. Like, you had the milk, you had, you know, you, you had anything that you need. Like, the food was already there all the time. There's times in our own home when we were like, man, our refrigerator is really empty right now. You know, and there's times it's just like you wish, like, I mean, we got freeze pops, but like, freeze pops are not going to get me too far uh, they're only going to last me so far. I can have a whole freezer full, which I pretty much do, of freeze pops. But that's not going to be enough. But, but God is showing here, I'm already giving you everything that you need. So Moses sent them to spy out the land of Canaan. And continuing in verse 17. And, and, and he said to them, go up into the Negev and go up into the to the hill country. This was the land where Abraham was. Wow, this is not just all some random, this is where Abraham was, and Isaac and Jacob. This is it. And verse 18 says this. See what the land is. Whether the people who dwell in it are strong or weak. See whether there are few or many. See whether the land that they dwell in is good or bad. See whether the cities that they dwell in are camps or strongholds. See whether the land is rich or poor. See whether there are trees in it or not. They didn't have to go find something specific on a shelf or in the refrigerator. They did not have, but they just had to go and see the goodness that God was giving to them already. The spies took these commands as we, I'm just as guilty, and sometimes we take these commands, then we turn them into the following questions. It's right here. It says this. Are we strong enough? Go to the land and see, are we strong enough? Go to the land and see, do we, do we have enough? Go to the land and, and we'll see, will the land be good enough? I mean, we have a lot of people, right? There was over 600,000 men fighting men that were that were that came from Egypt over just 600,000 men are there strongholds that we will need to break through or will the land produce or or will we have enough these questions that we come up with but then if you keep going and in verse in verse um, 20 it says this it says as Moses was talking to them, it says, Be of good courage and bring some of the fruits of the land. Now the time was the season of the first ripe grapes. So maybe Moses knew something. Maybe Moses knew a little something that they might lack some courage to do the task. As we know about Moses, Moses struggled at times because when God talked to him, it was like, I'm not good enough, God. I'm not good enough. 
But as bystanders, we look at the things that God has done for them in the past, for the Israelites. And we can see the things that God has done before in their lives. You know, one thing about our, our magnets, as my girls I thought were going to attack me when they saw that I had them, is that they mean something. And I didn't even bring them all, but they mean something. So if I look at this one, this says Outer Banks. Well, we usually get a magnet when we go somewhere, somewhere new or, or somewhere different to remember that. And, and the kids can tell you, oh, yeah, because we've, we've, we've gone down to North Carolina. And then this one says the Turkey Hill Experience. You know, Turkey Hill is not just a gas station. I'm telling you, like, and I didn't know that. And I was like, well, the, we went to an experience for Turkey Hill. And they gave us all this ice cream. I thought we were going to throw up. But, like, there was all this stuff that it was so cool. But it's a memory that we have. I mean, we pretty much closed the place because we didn't even know. We're, like, still walking through. And, and we're like, oh, yeah, just waiting for you guys. Oh, I'm so sorry. So, anyway, but, like, that was a great, great experience. And then we have, like, here we have Lincoln Caverns. Okay, so a local place, but we have a, a place where there's caves. And then that turned into, we have Lincoln Caverns, we have Penn's Cave, we have Luray Caverns, and down in Virginia, we have all these things. And then we just came back, which we were very grateful to go like to the Creation Museum. And we were able to make those memories as a family, and, and we were able to go to see the Ark. And there's all these things that are our family together, or, or things that Bethany and I have gone to, or things that Bethany and, and Tracy have gone to. My mom gives us magnets, the places she's gone all over the world. It ends up on our fridge. So there's these things, these memories that we can look at, even these things that all these um, things that happen to the Israelites. It's like, well, why don't you see that? Why don't you remember how good God is? Why don't you see this? Like, here's some of the things that, that God delivered them. He delivered them out of Egypt. Okay, these are things that we remember and that we've read. There was the plagues that, that God sent forth on Egypt that affected them. We know that God turned water into blood. We know that God, he, he sent the frogs, the gnats, the flies. The Egyptian livestock died. We know that there was boils on the skin. We, there was hail that came from the sky. There was locusts that came and ate up whatever crops were left. We also know that there was darkness throughout the land. And finally, we know that there was the death of the Egyptian firstborn. But we also know that these Israelites, with the things that they've experienced, as we keep looking at their, their magnets, we see that the Egyptians gave the Israelites their possessions before they left. We know that um, God led them by a cloud by day and a fire by night. We also know that God parted the Red Sea. We also know that God made food come out of the sky. We know that there was manna on the ground day after day after day. We know that there was meat that he was provided for them through quail. We also know that he made water come out of the rock. We know that he gave them victory over their enemies. He gave them the Ten Commandments. He promised the Israelites the land of Canaan. And God's presence was with them. He dwelt among the people. These things that we can see. Church, we have a lot of magnets on our fridge as reminders of what God has done in our lives. And maybe your magnets might be a little bit different than our magnets. But we have some magnets on our fridge as reminders of what God has done in our lives. 
Continuing in Numbers, it says this in 21. It says, so they went up and spied out the land from the wilderness of Zin to Rehob, near Lebu Hamath. They went up into the Negev and came to Hebron. Ahiman, Shishai, and Talmai, the descendants of Anak, were there. Hebron was built seven years before Zon in Egypt. So, and I put this map in, in the PowerPoint because I was just trying to think, oh, they went to go spy the land. And we can see that they went up. And this was a long trip. We know that if we do some research and we look, that these spies went about 500 miles round trip. They went 500 miles to spy the land, to see what God has already given them. That's a lot of space. And then it says, they came to the valley of Eshkol and cut down from there a branch with a single cluster of grapes. And they carried it on a pole between two of them. They also brought some pomegranates and figs. That place was called the valley of Eshkol because of the cluster that the people of Israel cut down from there. So I can go to the fridge and look. Woo. Got some grapes. I like grapes. That's a cold grape. I remember as a kid going, no, you can't have any grapes. These are my grapes. You know, the thing is, I remember as a, as a kid going to my grandmother, and she'd always have grapes on the table, on the counter. And we'd go to my grandma's when we were sick. And, um, but I remember, she always had like red grapes. That, that's when they weren't like seedless, so you had to, you had to spit the seed out. But um, the grapes, I went to Walmart to get grapes. And uh, I was like, oh, that's pretty good. Some of them were not so good. But to think that they got grapes that were so much, that a single cluster of grapes, they had to carry it on a pole between two people. That land had something good. It had something good. And it says, at the end of 40 days, they returned from spying out the land. And they came to Moses and Aaron, to all the congregation of the people of Israel in the wilderness of Paran at Kadesh. They brought back word to them and to all the congregation and showed them the fruit of the land. So for 40 days, they went 500 miles, and they're bringing back some grapes. And they're bringing about some other good things. They said, wow. They're bringing it back. They're bringing back a word of what happened. I got to put the grapes down. I want to keep eating them. And it says, and they told him, we came to the land which you sent us. It flows with milk and honey. And this is its fruit. I'm telling you. I know. I put honey in the fridge. I'm sorry. It's got milk and it's got honey. The land is good. It, it, it's got milk. It's got honey. It's got grapes that I got to keep away from myself. But the, it's got some good stuff. It's there. However, whew, however, the people who dwell in the land are strong, and the cities are fortified and very large. And besides, we saw the descendants of Anak there. These are big people. They're big. They're tall. They're scary. The Amalekites dwell in the land of the Negev. And, now, and I know that Ed has preached this last year and was talking about the Amalekites and the Hittites and the Jebusites and the Amorites dwell in the hill country. And the Canaanites dwell by the sea along the Jordan. Church, I have a question. What report are we bringing back? 
What report are we bringing back? And what are we telling the people that need to hear the good news? Are we saying, you know, things are just too bad. Things are terrible. You know, it's snowing outside. It's terrible. Like, kick rocks. Like, I mean, it's just, everything's terrible. What report are we bringing back? Ah, you know, life's hard. It's never going to be easy. Everything's a struggle. It's, it's just terrible. It's bad. What report are we bringing back? The one true God who dwelt among the people of Israel showed them the land that was promised to them, and the spy said, we cannot take it. And unfortunately, I can relate to this story. So I'm in Walmart on Friday for the third time in three days. Sorry, I just, it's really bad when Walmart is this close to this building. So I was in Walmart. And I'm there, and I'm getting all the stuff for the fridge. You know, God has just given me this ideas, and I'm like, okay, this is great. This is wonderful. I go through the self-checkout. I messed up. I messed up on the grapes, because you got to weigh them and stuff. And the lady was so nice and came over and told me, she's like, oh, no problem. And they took it off and whatever. And they actually helped me twice on different things. And, and I'm there and I'm listening and I just finished up, put all my stuff in the bag and I'm about to walk out. And a guy on the other side of the wall says, oh, can I have help? So the lady walks over to him. Says, How can I help you? She's like, I forgot my wallet. And uh, she said, oh, is it in your car? No, I think I forgot it at home. So, you know, I got all these supplies, right? This is, this is, this is great. So I get the supplies and I go. And I walk in the opposite direction. In my mind, in my spirit, I am fighting like, just go help the guy. What are you doing? Just go help the guy. But then it was like, but then you got to go around all the way around the edge because I don't know why they put this here. And then I have to go back and I would just look weird. Or oh, then I'm at the door. Oh, I walk out the door. I already paid for the stuff. I can't walk back in. That would be just so weird. I get into the parking lot. I'm walking. I'm like, oh, you can't walk back in now. You're already outside. What are you doing? Someone needed the good news. And I admit to my family that I dropped the ball. You know, the Israelite spies started putting ideas in their heads that they couldn't have or they couldn't do what God was calling them to do. They were putting ideas in their heads that they weren't able to do it. They said that we are not strong enough. They said that we don't have enough. They said that the land's production is overwhelming. They said that the strongholds are too many, that the land is out of reach, and we are not enough. I'm, I'm, I'm being honest. This was even me. I was fighting this. And I said, God, I am so sorry for dropping that ball. May I not drop that ball if it comes again. And I will say a couple hours later, a guy walked in this door. Not the same guy, but another guy that came in and just needed some help. And I was able to just sit and talk with him and pray with him 
And I said, God, thank you for another chance. I know I still dropped the ball, but thank you that I was able just to pray and, and come alongside another guy. Church, my question is this. Are we forfeiting the hope and future of ourselves and others because of our own fears, insecurities, and doubts? Are we forfeiting the hope and future of ourselves and of others because of our own fears, our own insecurities, and our own doubts? Are we dropping it? But Numbers 13.30 comes, and it says this. But Caleb quieted the people before Moses and said, Let us go up at once and occupy it, for we are well able to overcome it. Church, you know that a different perspective, a different perspective, a different point of view can drastically change our situation. A different perspective and a different point of view can drastically change our situation. We don't have to live in the, oh, I just, it's not enough, it's not good enough. You know, here, look at this, look at this. It says this. Can you, we are not strong enough but he is. What if we said, we don't have enough, but God will supply all of my needs? Church, what if we said the land's production is overwhelming and God has given us the harvest? What if we said the strongholds are many and my God will kick in the door? I need God to kick in some doors in my life. I know we need some God to kick in some doors. What if the land is out of reach, but our God has big hands? Man, there is nothing out of reach because my God's hand is so big. And people will shake my hand like, man, Mike, you got some big hands. And I'm like, but my hands, it's, it's minuscule to the size of God's. And then what if, we are not enough, but God. But God. So let's keep going. In 31, it says this, And the men who had gone up with him said, We're not able to go up against the people, for then they are stronger than we are. And it continues in verse 32, it says, So they brought to the people of Israel a bad report of the land that they had spied out, saying, The land through which we have gone to spy out is a land that it devours its inhabitants. It says, And all the people that we saw in it are great height. And there we saw the Nephilim, the sons of Anak, who come out of the Nephilim. And we seem to ourselves like grasshoppers, and so we seem to them. Woo! You know, sometimes it's really easy to get stuck at the magnets. It's easy to wish that we had, well, wish what we used to have, even if it wasn't the best for us. Sometimes it's easy to get stuck at the magnets and say, you know, it's just, it's just not enough, but this was good. This was, this was good over here, but we miss what God has, has for us. Church, don't let rear-sightedness steal the blessing that God has for you. Do not let rear-sightedness, don't let it steal. It says, don't throw in the towel. Don't throw in the towel. Church, there is too much that God has for you. But we cannot let the rear-sightedness steal the blessing that God has for us. We can't just look back. 
We have to look to right now what God has for us. You know, the, the, the Israelites got caught up, and they were so concerned, and they were so overwhelmed, and they said, God, I don't know if there's enough. I, I, I don't know. We don't have enough. We're not strong enough. We're not all of this. We're not all of that. And God's telling them, you are enough. I'm jumping. I'm going to jump to 14 verse 5, and it says this. Then Moses and Aaron fell on their faces before all the assembly of the congregation of the people of Israel. And Joshua, the son of Nun, and Caleb, and the son of and Caleb, who were among them who spied the land, tore their clothes and said to all the congregation of the people of Israel, the land which we passed through to spy it out is an exceedingly good land. If the Lord delights in us, he will bring us into this land and give it to us. A land that flows with milk and honey. Only do not rebel against the Lord and do not fear the people of this land, for they are bread for us. Their protection is removed from them and the Lord is with us. Do not fear them. So church, what's the blessing? What is the blessing? Yeah, it's milk. You know, in my mind, what does milk represent? There's a lot of things. But Sorry, I have to laugh. I looked down, and I, I have not read this. I knew it was Richie's, but it says country fresh. I wasn't going to say country fresh, but if you look at my notes, it says freshness. It's fresh. It's fresh. Sometimes you've had milk and it's not fresh. It smells a little bit. Maybe it gets a little chunky. That's not good milk. But this is fresh milk. It's fresh. God wants to give you fresh. Does anybody want fresh milk? Does anybody want? Does anybody Anybody else? I got you. I'll get you. Freshness. I'm not gonna miss Bill because I don't want to. I don't want to hear him being upset for a whole year because because we forgot him about the kids. Sorry, Bill. But the freshness. God provides freshness. Man, what else? What else does God have in the fridge? some mustard I don't like mustard I don't I'm sorry if it's on a burger I might eat it if I mean if it's like whatever but it's covered in ketchup but anyway like I'm not a big fan of mustard but what is mustard we know that the scripture says if you have faith it's like the seed of a mustard grow God gives us faith God gives us something to believe in does anybody want any mustard? I, I, I don't want the mustard. Hi. Do you want some? All right, there you go. <laughs> anybody else? 
You know, it's like, but, you know, I, I, don't want, well, I don't want mustard or whatever. But, you know, the thing is, is that with mustard, if we're talking about, there you go. If we're talking about mustard, but to have the faith as a mustard seed that makes a big difference. I'll tell you this. I know when there's mustard on some of my food. It makes a difference. A little bit goes a long way. But what else is there? What else is in the fridge? I don't like these either. Sorry. Olives. We can talk about olives, right? Yeah, and we can talk about olives, but and we know that olives were used in, and they make oil, and then, but there's healing. Do you know that part of the blessing that God has for you is healing? He has healing. He has healing. I don't like olives, but I want all that Jesus has for me. If I got to cut up some olives, and I will take it. Because I want what God has for me. Who wants olives? Sorry, this one's already coming. <laughs> Man, to take the healing that God has for us. Man, I want it. I want, I want whatever God has for me. I want it. You know what, too? And I know Ed has said this before. I love it that the kids raise their hands. They don't even know what they're asking for, but they want it. Church, can we just want it? Can we just want what God has for us? Man, if it was like a dirty tissue, there's some kids be like, I want it. I'll take it. But we're like, um, is that a Kleenex brand or is that like a Walmart brand? Because it makes a difference. You know, if God has it for me, I want it. Got so excited, I was running to the fridge before I, okay. I could keep these. I like honey. You know, honey, man, it's sweet. It's sweet. But what also, man, honey is wisdom. Woo! When you have wisdom, that's what God wants to give you. God wants to give you wisdom. He wants to give you wisdom. He wants to bless you with wisdom. Man, hands went up faster than this, then they went up for the mustard. I was, mm. Man, I'm sorry, I'm going to have to go get more honey. I should have got more. I'm sorry, guys. Oh, man, stolen from you by your cousin. Honey, wow, that's wisdom. Man, I want, if God has wisdom for me, I want it. What else is in this fridge? Okay. This is not something I'm given, but this is something that scares me sometimes. But this is actually what it says it is. But some of you might have this in your fridge of something that you're not even sure what it is until you pull it out. We got to be careful of the snares that, that are in there. But also, you know, as I was at Walmart and there was some, it was not a fight for bread, thank God, on Friday, because, you know, we had the snow coming. But, you know, sometimes the bread, ooh, there's a lot of scriptures we can go to. 
that he is the bread of life, right? We, we know that. But you know one thing a nice about bread? It sustains us. Man, God's blessing is that he wants to sustain us. He wants to, you know what? Because I might have some picky eaters in my house as well, but everybody will eat bread. We just might change what we put on it. But bread sustains. Yes, he is the bread of life. But man, whew, he's pulling from his storehouses and he has something for us. This is honey wheat, and we have white bread. Man, so there was a lot of choices. I had to, I had to be able to make a decision. It does say love. Woo! Baked with love. Mike didn't make it, but it's okay. But somebody did. But it's baked with love, because that's what God's love is. His love, oops, that one's a little, sorry. What if I mix it up real quick? No, I'm just kidding. But anyway, but God, but God's love. It's sustaining. It's more than enough. Man, this back, I should have just set up in the back here. <laughs> Which one do you want? I'll let you pick. All we got is honey wheat, but it's big with love. Anybody else? Hey, I'm going to say I'll take it. Because I want what God has. I want what God has. I'm, I'm almost done with the fridge, I promise. I know you don't keep salt in the fridge. But listen. Not only will he sustain us, but he'll preserve us. Trust me, as I was like going through, I'm like, man, I could be like really saving this stuff because we could probably use some of these things at home. But he preserves us. He preserves. Will last a long time. Anybody need some salt? Like, no, I saw, you know how cheap salt is? Tom, I see your hand there. I'm getting a workout today, I'll tell you that. I saw you, then I lost you. Anybody else? I'll share the grapes too. You know, the thing is, is this, is that God gives us more than, more than we need. He gives us freshness. Church, he gives us his faith. He gives us a healing. He gives us wisdom. He wants to sustain us and preserve us. I, I got to remind this, is that we are not strong enough, but he is. And we don't have enough, but God will supply all of my needs. The land's production is overwhelming, but the God has given us the harvest. The strongholds are many, and my God will kick in the door. The land is out of reach, but my God has big hands. And we are not enough but God. Church, if we know the story, the grumbling and complaining continue. 
And they had to wait. They had to wait another 40 years to enter what God has given them. I don't want to wait 40 years to what God has given us. I don't. I don't. I want my children. Amen. Woo. I want my children to have it, but I'm right here too. I want my father-in-law to have it. I want it. This is my sticker bin. When you work with kids, you get a lot of stickers. And uh, I made these stickers to say, God's got it. God's got it. God's got it. I'm going to put these out. Make sure you get a sticker. I know we're at the end here, but the title of the message, go check your shelf. Go check your shelf. Yeah, this is not trying to be dad joke. I know I'm really bad on them, but go check your shelf. Go check and see what God already has for you and take it. I want to see healing. I want to see the lost come to Jesus. I want to see families reunited. I want all that God has for us. I'm going to pray real soon, and uh, if you don't get a sticker, let me know. I'll make more. And, uh, but I don't want to leave anything on the shelf. I don't. If God's going to heal today, I don't want to walk out and miss it. If God's going to free someone today, I don't want to walk out and miss it. And God, if you want to use us to do it, then use us. God's got it. God's got it. I'm actually going to, I will leave these up here. I can run and beat you to the door, which I'm kind of clumsy, and I don't want to see that happen. But if you want it, come get what God has for you. I'm going to pray. If you want prayer afterwards, please come up.
You know, there's Pastor Ed, there's Toby, there's Jeff. We're going to pray. Because I don't want to miss what God has for us. Church, stand with me, please. God, we are not in Egypt anymore. You have saved us. You have redeemed us. You have a purpose for us. God, I don't want to miss it. Lord, I don't want to miss it. I don't want my brothers and sisters to miss it. I don't want my kids to miss it. I don't want all of these kids to miss it. Father, I only want what you have for us. God, thank you for inviting us here today. Whether we're in the building or whether we're online, you've invited us today. May we not miss what you have for us. Because I do not want to wander for 40 years wishing and hoping that I had what you had for me today. On the seventh day of January in 2024. God, I don't want us to miss it. Have your way, Lord. In your name I pray. Amen. Have a great day.